We we'll continue our examination of discipleship. Uh, as we're saved, when do we get saved? When we're born again, we become a disciple of Jesus, one of his followers, one of his learners. And for the rest of our life, we learn discipleship, that is to follow him. And tonight as we begin to look like Jesus. And so the purpose of discipleship, another purpose as we've looked at a purpose each week for a while, is to look like Jesus. And so that's not, that doesn't mean to dress like him or to have hair like him or to uh, have shoes like him or whatever it might have been, but to look like his character, who he was as a person, is what discipleship teaches us. So we begin tonight in Romans 8.28, probably a familiar passage, all of these verses here tonight to you, but just want to go through them again to look like Jesus in discipleship. And so Romans 8.28, and we know, we are positive, we are sure that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Are we positive of that tonight? Or do we really believe that tonight? Are we sure that in all things God works for the good of those who love him? Sometimes we go through some very tough times, and in those tough times we're second-guessing, say, well, God, I know your scripture says that, but right now, hmm, I don't know. And so you've been through some things and maybe going through some things tonight that you're not real sure about this verse right here. But we have to come to that point of saying, but I'm positive. I know deep down within me that God, in all things, you're working for the good because I love you. And that's the key part of this verse is that we love him, not that we disregard him and stand back from him, but Lord, I love you. And so therefore, I'm positive. I'm sure I know that in all things, you're working for my good because I love you. And I've been called according to your purpose, according to his purpose. And so therefore, another way to put that verse is simply this. The one who loves God, he works all things together for our good. If we're loving him, we're following him, we're one of his disciples, we're in that discipleship training process following him, then we know that he loves us and that he's working all things for our good. So these things themselves may not seem good. Those things that happen in our life that seem bad to us, you know, that fell apart, that rusted out, that rotted, that got sick, that person died. You know, all these things that go on in our family, our friends, our home, our marriage, our children, our grandchildren, our parents, our relatives, our jobs, our finances, our health, and on and on it goes. God, <laughs> those don't seem good at the time, but I know you're working together for, their good, for my good to make me more like Jesus. That is our purpose in life. Uh, going back to that verse 8, who have been called according to his purpose. Our purpose in life is simply to become like Jesus. Uh, we took part of this message to the prison last Tuesday night, and I asked the men as they came in and sat down, I said, have you ever thought about what your purpose in life is? As you're here in this jail, uh, maybe while you've been here or before you got here, somewhere in your life you just sat down and you got to thinking about why am I here? Why was I born? I, I was sitting and had emphasized, I don't mean why are you here in jail, but why are you here in this world? Why were you born? What's your purpose in life? And so I left it with them to think. And for a little bit, nobody said anything. And then one by one, people began to say, here's my purpose in life and here's what I think it is. And so then we began looking at this. And ultimately, we said that our purpose in life is to become like Jesus. And so if being in jail is going to make you more like Jesus, then that's why you're here. So moving on, verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. 
And there we have it in a small part of this verse, our purpose in life, to be conformed to the likeness of his son, Jesus, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And so let's make sure we understand two words here. That word, first of all, foreknew, but also along with it, predestined. Foreknew, that is God knew in advance, God has knowledge in advance what we are going to be doing on any given day of the week. God knew before we were ever born what we would be doing tonight individually, as a group, as a church, or whatever it may be. He knew everything. He knows everything. He knows in advance what's going to happen uh, when we were going to, be, going to be born, when we're going to die, what we're going to do within our lifetime. He knows all things in advance about what we're going to do. And also he predestined things, that is, he decided in advance what we're going to do. He said, let me think, what do I want each person, and we could call our name, what do I want them to do? What, what's my knowledge of them that they're going to be doing? Are they going to do this, 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 and this? But then he also said, I've decided what I want them to do. I want them to be my, like my son, Jesus. And whatever that takes to mold them and shape them into my into the image of my son, that's what I want. And I've decided that already before they ever ever were born that I want them to be like Jesus. And so God did that. God decided way before we were ever born, he wanted us to become just like his son Jesus. He knew that's what he wanted. He decided that's what he wanted. And so he knew in advance and decided in advance that he want that he wanted each of us to be conformed. That is to be like him, be similar to his son, Jesus. And so then it becomes our part, you see. God's already decided that's what he wants, for us to be like Jesus. But as we walk through our discipleship days, day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, have we decided that we want to be like Jesus? Jesus said, God said, I want me, you, to be like my son, Jesus. But what have we decided? Have we decided uh, on Monday that we want to be like Jesus or we want to be like us or, or like somebody else? And so God's already said, hey, here's what I want, but what do we want? So he gives us what we call a free will to choose. We get up in the morning deciding what we want to do for the day. We can either be like Jesus or we can be like us. Or we can be like we used to be. Or we can be like somebody else. Or we can be like whatever happens at the moment. God's already decided in advance, here's what I've decided, here's what I want. I want you to be like Jesus. What do you want? Well, and those he predestined, those that he called, I mean, those that he said, I want you to be like my son Jesus, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. So there's a whole bunch of words there that maybe we need to make sure we understand. That is, he predestined, we already got that. He decided in advance. So when he decided in advance, he said, I want to call you. He said, I want you to come here. I want to summon you. And so when we got saved, that's what he did. He called us into his kingdom. We heard his voice, and we answered his call. When he said, come here into my kingdom, let me summon you into my kingdom. And we said, okay, I will. I'll come into your kingdom. I'll be a part of your kingdom. I'll be born again. I'll be saved. And for me, God had to call a lot of times. He had to get on that phone and, and just call me and call me and call me and say, come on in, come on in, come on in. And a lot of times I'm hanging up on him. You know, I don't want to come in. I'm not ready to come in. A lot of times he would summon me. I said, I'm not coming. You can write me a letter. You can send me an invitation. You can do what you want to do, but I'm not coming into the kingdom. And finally that one night, as you know, through my testimony, I said, okay, I'm ready to come in. 
And he summoned me, he called me into the kingdom because he had already decided before I was ever born, I want you to be, my, I want you to be like my son Jesus. But if you're going to be like my son Jesus, you've got to get into the kingdom first where he lives and be like him and follow him. And then I had to say, okay, I'm answering the call. So he calls us. So those he predestined, those he decided in advance what he wanted us to be like, his son, he calls us, he says, come here, he summons us, and then he justifies us. That is, he brings us into that right relationship with God. He makes us right with God, the Father, as we come into the kingdom, as we're born again, receive the Holy Spirit, we're saved, we turn from sin, turn to God, invited Jesus to come and live in our heart, and we were made right with God, made into a right relationship with Him. We were justified. So we were predestined. He decided in advance, I want you to be like my son Jesus. He calls us into the kingdom. He makes us right with Him, and then He glorifies us. He said, I want you to be honored. I want you to be magnified. I want you to be built up. I want you to be encouraged. And so all these things God does for us and with us, because that's His purpose in life, is for us to become like Jesus. Well, moving on then, verse 31. So what then shall we say in response to this? In response to what? Well, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So what then shall we say in response to this? Well, and then he answers the question with a question. If God is for us, who can be, who can be against us? You ever had anybody to be against you, you know, to not like you or not want to be on your team, so to speak, not want to be your friend, not want to be around you? You know, I'm just not for you. I'm just not with you. Uh, you know, if you want to walk that way, I'm not going with you. If you want to go over there, I'm not going with you. And maybe we've had people in our lifetime that they were just against us. I don't like the way you live. I don't like what you do. I don't like your uh, mannerisms. I don't like your character, you know, whatever it may be. And they just come against us. And so God is saying to us in that question, well, you know what? If God's for us, then who can be against us? So we know somebody out there that doesn't like us, doesn't want to be around us, doesn't appreciate us, doesn't want to hang out with us, however you want to refer to it. And the point would be so. And your point is, you know, because if God's for us, who can be against us? So what? So he's saying, what should we say in response to that God has decided in advance he wants us to be like Jesus? He calls us into the kingdom. He makes us right with him. He honors us and glorifies us. So if somebody doesn't like that, somebody's against us, so what? If God's for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. So, in fact, he said I, he didn't spare his own son. God didn't let his own son live, but gave him up for us all, letting his son die for our sins so that we could be set free from sin, so we could have a relationship with God, so we could enter into heaven when we die. But he gave him up for us all. So how will he not also, along with him, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? All things being, I've determined in the past that I want you to be like my son Jesus. I called you into the kingdom. I made you right with me. I've glorified you. I've honored you. And so he's giving us all things as a result of what he's already done for us through the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. So... God gives us everything we need to become like Jesus. Because sometimes we come across people, or I do anyway, 
that say, you know, well, I'd like to be more like God and like to do more of what God wants me to do or like to be like Jesus or like to be a better person, but I just don't know how. I need something. I need somebody. I need some training. I need some teaching. I need a book. I need a workbook. I need something that's just going to show me how I need to grow and become more like Jesus. And yet, Second Peter, to kind of drift away from Romans 8 for just a moment, Peter said, you know what? His divine power, talking about God's divine power, God's holy power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Peter was saying, we've got everything we need to live the life God wants us to live, to become like Jesus. We've got everything we need to live a godly life, a holy life, a righteous life, a life that God wants us to live, to be pleasing to Him. How through our knowledge of Him, knowledge of God, who called us into His glory and His goodness. And so Peter was just selling the people that he was writing to, as well as us today, you don't need anything else. If you have Jesus living in you, you got all you need to become like Jesus. If you got Jesus living in you, you got everything at your fingertips, the power within you to change and become more like Jesus every day. We don't have to be searching or be looking or, well, here's a new teaching over here, and here's something that's on Oprah last week, and here's something, you know, this book came out on, on the Internet, and it's really a, a rave, and everybody's buying it, and so it must be good. It's really going to show me some new things, and no. <laughs> Peter said you got everything you need to give you life, to give you godliness through your knowledge of Him because they already called us into the kingdom. We've already been saved. We've already been called. We've already entered into the kingdom. We're already one of His disciples. And so now all we got to do is just follow Him, learn from Him every single day of our life, and we become more like Him every day. So verse 33, moving back to Romans 8. So as a result of that, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? You know, a charge, I don't know if anybody in here has ever been arrested or not, but maybe you've known somebody who's been arrested or you've seen somebody on TV that's been arrested. Uh, a lot of times we watch TV, the news, and we'll see people getting arrested, and they'll be charged with a crime. They'll be charged with some something they've done. And so what God is asking here, saying here, who's going to bring any charge against us? Whom God has chosen. So if somebody says something to us, says, I charge you this and I charge you that, you're guilty of this, guilty of that, God says, wait a minute, hold on. Who's going to bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? God said, I've already chosen you out of the world, brought you into the kingdom. And so if somebody charges you with some kind of wrongdoing in their mind, so once again, so what? It is he, it is God who justifies. It is God who makes us right with him. It doesn't matter what the other person says. It doesn't matter how they treat us or what they say about us. It's what he says, God says. He's made us right with him. So who is he that condemns? So if somebody condemns us, charges us with something, put us down, point a finger at you. You ever had anybody get a finger in your face, you know, and just you're this and you're that and just point that finger and wag it at you and just, you know, charge you with all kind of mean and, and hateful things maybe and say all kind of things to you and, Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe it hasn't. But he's saying, who is it that condemns? So what? God's the one that justifies. God's the one that made us right with Christ. And so Jesus Christ, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, is also 
interceding for us. If you're interceding for somebody, what are you doing? The word intercede or interceding. What does that mean? Are you praying for them? Good. Any other? Interceding. All right, speaking on their behalf. Heard somebody? Yeah, taking up for them. That's good. Yeah. And maybe you've had people through the years have, that have done that for you, prayed for you, speaking on your behalf, taking up for you. You know, maybe you've had friends, relatives, husband, wife, children, parents, whatever, that have done that for you. And they stood in the gap for you. And they said, if you're going to be picked on, put down, uh, pushed around, I'll stand with you. I'll stand for you. And they come to your rescue and they stand up with you and stand up for you. Uh, many times parents do that with their children, don't they? Maybe uh, as you had children growing up, you had somebody picking on your child or, or mistreating your child in some kind of way. And as a parent, you you got in there and said, wait a minute, hold on now. <laughs> That's my child you're dealing with here. And so you, you begin to deal with that. Well, God does the same thing. God says to the world and says to Satan, says, wait a minute, that's my child. Talking about us. If we're born again, if we're saved, we're one of his children. And so he's in heaven interceding for us and through the Holy Spirit living in us. And so he's standing in the gap. He's praying for us even when we're not praying for ourselves. And so God is always doing that. He's always standing up for us, standing with us, standing in the gap for us. When we're getting pushed around by the world in which we live, God says, I'm in there with you. I'm interceding for you. Hang in there. Keep going. I'm going to stand with you through it all. So he asked more questions. He's got a lot of questions in these verses here. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Um, who or what's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Who is going to stop Christ from loving us? That person that out there that condemns us, points a finger at us, gets in our face, says we're all these things, you know, gets all that thing going with us and says we're this and we're that. Are they going to stop Jesus from loving us? And the answer is no, but he makes some points here. To, let's make sure we understand who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall trouble. What's trouble? You ever had any troubles? What's trouble? Things that don't go your way, she says. You ever had any things that don't go your way? Any other trouble? What's trouble? What's trouble? Unexpected problems, he says. You ever had any unexpected problems? So things that don't go your way, unexpected problems, any others? When you're not following the rules. Sound like a school teacher, doesn't it? You're not following the rules in her class. Her class, some of her class can get in trouble. But we are too, as adults, as people of God, that if we don't follow the rules, we're going to get in trouble too. And so maybe we understand about troubles. But any of those troubles, any of those things you're talking about, thinking about right now that maybe you've been through, you're going through, is that going to stop Christ from loving us? Is Christ going to say, look at all the trouble you're in. Look at all the trouble you're going through. Some of that you brought on yourself. Some of it you didn't. It was brought on you by somebody else. But I just can't love you through that. I just can't do it. I'm just not going to. That's just too much trouble for me to... Uh, sift through and get to your heart and your mind and I'm just not going to love you anymore because of all this trouble. No. <laughs> what about hardships? You ever had any hardships? You know, maybe some task, some job, some family situation, some financial situation, some health situation. 
It's just hard sometimes, isn't it? We go through this, we go through that. It's just difficult. How am I going to get through this? And God looks at us as, you're going through too much hardship right now. I just can't love you right now. Once it gets a little better and things kind of settle down, I'll love you again. No, he doesn't do that. Of course he doesn't. Who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Trouble, hardship. What about persecution? You know, all that stuff coming against you, work, family, friends. I mean, just persecution, just talking about you, putting you down. Is that going to separate God from loving you? No, it's not. What about famine? I ain't got any food, God. Well, isn't that something? When you get some food, I'll start loving you again. But until then, you know, I'm at it. No. (laughs) What about nakedness? God, just don't have any good clothes anymore. I mean, they're all wearing out. They're all old. And he says, well, when you get some new ones, call me and I'll come back and love you. No. What about danger? You know, things you're, oh, I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that. That may happen and this may happen. And even the sword. They didn't have guns back then or they'd have put the word gun. Even death, the threat of death with the danger and death itself through the sword or any other way in which we're in danger by somebody else or a group of people, and we die from it. Will that separate us from the love of Christ? And, of course, we know the answer is simply no. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We face death all day long. Whether we feel the danger, see the danger, sense the danger, we still face death all day long. Um, how many times have you heard somebody going to bed one night and they just don't wake up the next morning? Seemed healthy. Seemed healthy when they went to bed. Uh, seemed like they had had a good time and everything looked good. They're, they're not of age of, of what you would think about somebody dying at that age or, or maybe they were, but they just went to bed one night and didn't wake up the next morning. Or they had a, a illness, or they had an accident, or whatever it may be. We face death all day long. You know, as we travel, as we go places, there's no guarantee that we're going to get home. Uh, things can happen so quickly, can't they? We we've just seen things. You get phone calls, and this happened, and that happened, and what? <laughs> so we face death all day long. We're considered a sheep to be slaughtered. We're like a sheep to be slaughtered, and so we just never know when death's going to come. That's why we always got to stay ready to keep from getting ready. And so then he answers, no, and all these things, and all these things about what he said about uh, trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, facing death all day, all day long. Uh, no, in all things we are more than conquerors. We're more than victorious. We're more than overcomers who, through him who loved us, through Jesus who loves us, not because of us, not because of our abilities and, and know-it-all and, and health and whatever it may be, but through him who loves us. And he goes on to say, for I'm convinced, Paul is writing here, that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God said, there's nothing that can separate us from his love. Death or life, whether we're dead or alive, angels or demons, attack from Satan and the world, present nor the future, what's happening now or what may happen tomorrow, nor any other powers, whether it's the government or satanic or whatever it may be, height nor depth, no matter how high nor how low, 
nor anything else in all creation. He just summed it all up. Nothing (laughs) is going to be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so as a result of that, we started with the purpose of discipleships to be like Jesus. And so as we go through life, as we're a disciple of Jesus, as we follow him day by day, we have a purpose, and that's to become like him and to be growing and maturing and just developing in our minds and our hearts that attitude that I'm going to be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday because that's what he's called me to be. And no matter what happens around me, no matter what happens to me, I'm still going to become more like Jesus as a result of his love in me, his strength in me, his power in me, because we can do it through him loving us.